0: Views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on Youth Voice Amplified are those of the host and guests and do not necessarily represent the official position of the Kern County Superintendent of Schools Office. Any content provided by our guests are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, school, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Youth Voice Amplified covers a wide range of topics that can be upsetting to some listeners. Content warning for each episode and links to resources can be found in the episode show notes on our website. All names in this interview have been changed for anonymity and safety purposes, but their voices and stories are real.
1: When young people share their stories, they can change the world, but some youth voices still go unheard. Join me, Janessa Fisher,
0: and me, Brian Johnson, for this Youth-led Monthly Interview Series as young people tell their untold stories of experiences with homelessness, foster care, disabilities, teen parenting, and more.
1: Each conversation will uncover stories of hope, strength, from our youth storytellers, who want to share the best ways that we can all support youth in similar situations as theirs. If you wanna know how to do better for youth or simply just be inspired, this is your show. Every youth has a story to tell.
0: Are you ready to listen?
1: Everyone and welcome back to Youth Voice Amplified, the podcast where every youth is heard and every voice matters. I'm your host, Janessa.
0: And I'm Brian. Today we welcome our guest storyteller, Evelyn, who will share the stories and obstacles and challenges she's experienced in high school while being in foster care and being homeless, how she overcame them, and her work now helping other foster youth face the same struggle she once did.
1: That's right, Brian. Evelette is someone I consider to be a role model for youth facing adversities. She has lived a lot of life in just a short time. After our listeners hear her story, they will agree that her life should be in a documentary or an inspirational book about perseverance and resilience.
0: Evelette's story about becoming homeless and being on her own is powerful. Students like Evelette who are not in care of a parent or guardian and they are living in a cheap hotel or in a park are considered unaccompanied homeless youth. Under the federal McKinney-Vento law, these students have protections in school to ensure school stability, graduation, and access to college.
1: Unaccompanied homeless youth have all the same rights as any student experiencing homelessness, like the right to enroll in school immediately, even if lacking the required documents, or a choice between attending neighborhood schools or the school they last attended.
0: By federal law, every public school district has a staff member who serves as a homeless education liaison. This person will help an unaccompanied homeless select a school, arrange free transportation to school, resolve any disputes with the school, and, really important for youth of their own, help them apply for financial aid for college as an independent student without the parent or guardian consent or financial information. Youth who are homeless and on their own try to often stay under the radar, which makes them invisible to school authorities. But if homeless students aren't identified, they cannot be helped. If you're a student who's experiencing homelessness, please contact the Homeless Education Helpline at 800-308-2145 for your educational liaison contact information.
1: It is also important for schools and community agencies to understand the unique needs of a homeless youth. This is why we appreciate Avalette for being on the podcast with us. In addition to her advocacy work in the community, Evelette is also a full-time peer support who uses her past experience to uplift youth every day and ensure they never feel alone or forgotten during their darkest moments.
0: Now please enjoy our conversation with Evelette.
1: Evelette, welcome to Youth Voice Amplified Podcast. We are so happy to have you on. Thank you for having me, it's a pleasure to be here. Evelette, before
0: uh, we hear your story, we're gonna try something new this time. Uh, We have a stack of cards and each has an icebreaker question. Please pick a card and read us the question and give us your answer.
2: If you could have a video of any moment in your life, which would you pick and why? If I could have a video of any moment in my life, it would for sure be um, any moment that I would have spent with uh, my son's grandma. She unfortunately passed away. And I don't have, um, I only have one picture with her. So if I could have a video with her, then, it would for sure be, like, that would be the moment that I would want on video so that I could have that.
1: Is there any specific moments with her?
2: Um, it would have have to been, like, when she first met my son. When I first had her grandson and she met him, I, I would have loved to have that in video. That is
1: so sweet. Thank Definitely you. a priceless moment. Yes. We like to also ask all of our guests this question. Uh, it's kind of our, one of our signature questions, but what does youth voice mean to you? To me personally, a youth voice is a lot of the times when
2: you're younger or growing up, a lot of the times people don't listen to you. They don't want to hear you out. They think, oh, you're just a child, you're just a kid, you don't know what you're saying. So to be able to to have a voice and be able to have people hear, hear you out that's what a youth voice is to me like for someone to actually listen to what you're saying and not just push you to the
1: side and be like oh they don't know what they're talking about
0: so outside of listening it's actively like pursuing the goal that the youth is trying to get across yes
1: kind of into the interview series um can you tell us about your family life and growing up what was your childhood like how would you describe it
2: so i am the youngest out of eight i do have my mom had eight kids my mom was a single mother she was an immigrant single mother actually um she raised us as best as she could um I actually grew up in the foster care system as well so my first time going into the foster care system I was eight years old my mom was an alcoholic she had an alcohol um, problem and the first time that we ever got taken away was at the age of eight um we were able to go back due to my stepdad at the time getting us back but I wouldn't say after the age of eight years old I wouldn't say that I really had that much of a childhood um unfortunately we were in and out of foster care after that age uh my mom did leave for good when i was 11 so she kind of left it was kind of just like growing up most of my childhood after eight i was homeless couch surfing um in and out of school Uh, i even had i had my daughter when i was just 15 too so didn't really have much of a childhood in care it was really I'm going to be like very straightforward i was a runaway child so every time i went into the system i would always run away i didn't want to be at jameson and i had to go back i went back when i was already 15 i remember and i had a lot of experiences actually within like school so the first time that i went back was when i was 15 and the reason that i had to go back was because the school had mm-hmm. found out that i hadn't been living with any adult that i was actually um going were being homeless and I was pregnant at the time so I remember there was one security guard that I that I knew that I had a, uh, I felt I had a good relationship with like and I I had t- shared with the security guard um, that I was actually homeless and so an incident had happened and th- I had an altercation with the security guard and then within like the next two days I remember being called up to the front office while I was in class me and my sister got called up to the front office and there was a social worker waiting for us um and that was like the start of me going back into care um they like questioned us they knew that we weren't really living anywhere we were just couch surfing my mom wasn't here my mom was actually back in mexico she didn't have a way of coming back like i said she was an immigrant um so that kind of like led to my start back in foster care Uh, honestly i was traumatized after that especially because i was i was a runaway child so I knew, like, they're going to put me back in Jameson and I'm going to run away. And then it was so nerve wracking going back to school because it's like if I go back to school, they're going to know that I'm not at Jameson and they're just going to call the workers again and then I'm going to have to go back. So dealing with that was, like, super traumatic. And then dealing with homelessness, foster care, and trying to still manage going to school, I think a lot of the times the teachers are like, more focused on how it is you're doing in school, which is a good thing because you know that's what school is about. School is about like your grades and what you're doing. But I can't even begin to tell you guys how many times the teacher told me that I wasn't gonna make it, um, that I wasn't gonna make it past 18, that I probably wasn't gonna graduate. How many teachers told me that my life was over when they found when they knew I was pregnant? Like, I I get it, and now as a grown adult, I realized like life would have been a lot easier if I had waited to have kids till I was ready. But just because I had my daughter at a young age, it doesn't mean that it was normal. I mean that my life was over and it doesn't mean just because I would fall asleep in class, it it would have made a big difference if a teacher would have just asked, like, why am I falling asleep in class? Why are my grades so bad when I was a straight-A student? Like, why did I take such a big turn instead of just telling me that I wasn't going to be nothing? Or instead of like me falling asleep in class, Instead of them asking, like, why are you so tired? What's going on? They would just be like, oh, if you're just going to fall asleep, then put your desk outside of the classroom and go sleep outside. And practically humiliating me, instead of just asking me why, what's the reason, what's going on, you know, all it would have took was one question for me to be able to be like, hey, you know, this I'm struggling, like, I'm currently homeless. Um, I'm not like those other kids in class that are just acting out, just act out. I, I'm more worried about where I'm going to sleep tonight and if I'm gonna be able to get here tomorrow, then worried about doing
1: some homework, you know? You wish that teachers had a little more empathy with you and could maybe ask a little more questions?
2: Yeah, and for sure like more trauma-informed, you know? I I think that anyone that is working with any youth or anything like that should be trauma-informed. Like, know how to approach these kids and don't just say, like, If you're thinking something okay but you know a lot of the times we teach people like if you don't have nothing nice to say don't say it at all I think that should go for the adults as well same like don't just don't just tell people that they're gonna be nothing or that they're not gonna graduate and stuff like that
0: try to actually find a solution for the youth instead of just you know disregarding them yeah Evelette is our guest today on Youth Force Amplified and she is talking to us today about her experiences as a homeless youth and as far as those experiences go like how did that affect you later on
2: When you start a lot of people always talk about like manifesting and stuff like that but when you start to hear something so much about yourself you start to believe it like for a really long time i used to tell myself like maybe i'm not gonna be nothing maybe i'm not gonna graduate maybe i'm really not gonna make it past 18. like i was living a rough life you know like i said i didn't really have a childhood it wasn't like i was just able to enjoy my teenage years i was going through a lot i didn't really have anywhere to stay so yeah I start to believe it I start to think that I'm not gonna be anything but thankfully down the line that started to change like I I had two security guards well one security guard and one PE teacher at Vista West that made a difference for me in my life it's crazy how you can go from having like such negative teachers and like to having a security guard on the campus that'll make such a big difference that'll care that'll ask you like hey what's going on um why do you have so much anger in you i used to get in a lot of trouble at school but all it took was that one security guard taking the time to ask me like what is the root to all this anger why do you feel so much anger what's going on and actually being able to s- to sit down with me and like validate my feelings and validate what was going on in my life you know like. But that was a big turnaround for me to actually see teachers different and see school as a different thing like now I was at this time I was at 16 I was actually happy to go to school because it's like I knew that I had someone that actually cared what I was going through I don't think that I would have ever really made it through school if I didn't have them pushing me and just how that teacher the teacher that always used to tell me I wasn't gonna be nothing I had them reminding me every day that I was worthy of something and I was gonna graduate and my, my story doesn't end here. And I was gonna go a lot more further than just graduating high school. I was gonna really do big things. And when, like I said, when people start to speak things into your life, you start to believe them. So just as much as I believed those negative things that I was being told, when I had someone that was consist- consistently speaking positive things into my life, I started to believe them. I started to believe them and want them for myself. Do you feel like that was the one thing you needed to succeed at that time? To have someone to believe in me? Yeah, because I didn't, I can't tell you how many times I didn't believe in myself. Like, I was going, I was under the stress of a lot of things. I was going through a lot of things that kids my age at the time of 16 would not go through. I already had a daughter. I was actually homeless. I was bouncing around from place to place. Like, there was a lot of negativity going going on in my life. That honestly, I wasn't even being that positive impact in my own life. So to have someone that was like constantly reminding me and telling me like, you could do it, you're not alone, we're here to support you, how can we help you? That was the exact support I needed to be able to get through at least high school.
1: And it's from one of those most unexpected characters, someone who should be uplifting you, a teacher, yeah. whereas it was a security guard and a gym teacher.
2: Yeah.
0: So as far as your trials in um, high school, I know you mentioned homelessness. Um, So, like, how did that make you feel overall, like, just throughout high school? I understand that you had someone to help you, but, like, how were you feeling at that time?
2: Being homeless Mm -hmm. and going through high school was honestly one of the hardest things that I've ever had to go through. Um, A lot of the times, you know, I was homeless as an adult, too. Um, I was homeless for a little while after I turned 18. But... Once you're 18, it's different because there's a lot more things that you can do for yourself. As a minor, there was nothing that I could really do do for myself. Um, I didn't even know that I could enroll in school as an unaccompanied uh, minor. So I didn't know that McKinley Menor was actually a thing. So it was really hard for me to like get through school. I remember when I tried enrolling into high school, I tried going back, if they were giving me a hard time, they wouldn't let me enroll. I didn't have no one to enroll me and I was still a minor no one had told me that i could enroll as an unaccompanied youth so if like little pieces of information like that or they should have at least told me you know like you don't know about it but hey you can still enroll in school just do it this way like if it, if it wouldn't have been for that one security guard that told me like hey try enrolling like this then i would have never been able to go back into school i mean when when you're going th- through homelessness and you're already struggling with all these things I know for a really long time the last thing that I wanted to do was go back to school Mm -hmm. the last thing that I was worried about was school Um, I had a daughter so I dropped out my sophomore year after I had her and I started working in the fields because I needed to provide for her I didn't have any family I didn't have mom or dad I didn't have a stable place to live For the most part, my daughter was staying at her grandma's house and then I was just bouncing around from place to place and would go see her daily and try to to make money to provide for her, you know, because although I was in a situation where I couldn't really provide much for myself, I wanted to feel like I was at least doing a little bit for her. So being homeless and going through through school was honestly extremely hard. I can't tell you how many times um, I slept in the park and I literally used to bird bath. I don't know if you guys know what a bird bath is, but I used to bird bath in the Bell Terrace parking, uh, the Bell Terrace restroom. Like I used to lock myself in that restroom, and I used to bird bath with the rag and then that sink in there, and try to go to school and act like everything was okay. The last thing I wanted was everybody at school to know that I was going through homelessness. I didn't want to be like, I wouldn't say bullied because I was, I would defend myself but I didn't want no. I didn't want to be anybody's joke I didn't want to be seen as a girl that was like going through homelessness and didn't have a family and stuff like that around the holidays was the worst you know when you come back from Christmas break and everybody's like oh I got this I got this and they're all showing off what they got and it's just like I just couldn't wait for Christmas break to be over because I was tired of all the meals that I missed like I was I didn't have nothing to show for when I came back from Christmas break I was just excited to be back because it meant school, it meant a distraction from what was really going on outside of school hours. It meant I was able to eat breakfast and lunch, like, I was, instead of just being hungry all day, you know, there's, it was a lot harder than a lot of people realize. Honestly, it, it's sad that I didn't have no one until I was 16, like, if somebody would have realized my middle school years or the beginning of high school, what I was struggling with and, like, offered to help. It,
1: it would have probably made it a lot better. You're listening to Youth Voice Amplified. This is our guest, Evelette, who is a homeless youth and foster youth advocate in our community. Looking back, um, middle school and high school, what were some of those signs that teachers missed that you were homeless? Or were you were you that, that good at your cover?
2: No, I would always fall asleep. They would think that I was just falling asleep because I didn't want to listen or I wasn't paying attention. Little did they know that I was falling asleep because I was sleeping at Bell Terrace Park. Like I said, I would lock myself in that restroom and sleep under there. There's a lot of fear that comes with being homeless. There's a lot of, especially as a young woman, as a young adult, like the the fear of trafficking and all that stuff, getting kidnapped or something happening to me. There was nights that I couldn't even sleep, and I, I just couldn't wait to get to school to just lay my head down on that desk and finally feel like, okay, I'm at a safe place. Nothing bad's going to happen to me. Like, I can take a nap here but the falling asleep, the way that my grades went from being really good to being really bad. Like, I, I'm i a smart person, and my grades were really, really good, so the the turn that my grades took, it wasn't just just because, like, if somebody would've took the chance to just ask me and be like, hey, like, you were doing really good in school, what happened? Like, your grades took a random turn, like, what's going on, how can we help you? Instead of just telling me that I wasn't going to be nothing or think that I was doing other things, you know. Um, It would have been a lot of helpful if people would have explained to me what McKinley Menor was, you know. Um, I can say, though, that one of the things that really helped me was when I was pregnant, there was this program that would come out to the school. It's called YFC, um, Youth for Christ. And they would come to the schools and they would teach parenting classes on Wednesdays. And I remember um the lady used to come out, and she used to teach parenting classes there, and I got invited to those classes so about this time, I was already big, my belly was showing and they they invited me to the parenting class and I started going I was faithfully going every wednesday and then um she invited me she started invited me to the Bible studies that Youth for Christ held Wednesdays afternoons. And so I started going. and started getting really involved. I was going to be a first-time mom. I was really scared. I was 15. didn't really have parents to teach me how to be a parent. So I was, like, really nervous. Any help that I could get, I was taking it. So I started going to these Bible study classes. And one time um, they would pick me up and drop me off. And she realized that she had been picking me up and dropping me off at different locations every time. Like, or she would take me to go drop off my daughter at her grandma's house. And then she would take me somewhere completely different. And she started to ask questions. Instead of just assuming things, she started asking me questions. And at first I didn't want to answer them. But after a while of, like, faithfully going and spending time with them, I knew that I could trust her. So I told her what I was going through. And she couldn't believe it. Like, she's just like, there's no way that you're going through all of these things. And and you look like you're not going through half these things, you know. And um, she ended up sharing my my story with the woman that would actually teach the The parenting classes and she actually ended up offering me to go live with her when I was 16 she offered me and my daughter to go live with her and honestly that changed my life like all she wanted from me was to finish high school and go to church on Sundays but all she wanted was for me to finish high school and by the time that they actually had got to know my story and stuff like that like i said i met her when i was pregnant but i didn't move in with her till my daughter was like six seven months so i had already dropped out of high school i wasn't even going to school anymore but i was still going wednesdays to those bible studies so when she asked me to move in with her all she wanted was for me to go back to school and try to finish high school so that opportunity right there changed my life as well i went from being a high school dropout to actually being able to
0: graduate early would you say that's a high school accomplishment that you're most proud of
2: yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I remember I didn't think that I was going to graduate, let alone graduate early. Like I, I dropped out for almost like a, a year. I dropped out right before I gave birth to my daughter and I didn't go back. till so she was like six months. So I remember not thinking I was going to go back and just being like, that's it. I'm done with school. It just didn't work out for me. You know, maybe these teachers were right. So having the opportunity to not have to worry about where I was going to sleep at night or if I was going to have something to eat and be able to live with my daughter in the same home, it was like everything's under control. All I got to worry about is school. And and I did that. And I, I had the opportunity to actually go back and to show everyone, like, hey, I am smart. I do got this. I just, I was struggling. I was going through some things. So I went, I yeah, that's one of my biggest high school accomplishments. I went
1: from being a high school dropout to actually graduating early. Do you think your education would have been different if you had been identified as homeless earlier? For sure. In what yes. sense? Yes. I
2: think that I didn't know that McKinley Venos you can't it's not just about being able to enroll um as an unaccompanied youth. There's like transportation that that they can help you with like set up transportation from wherever it is you're at. If I would have known that, like that would have helped me in so many ways. I can't tell you how many times I missed school because I had missed the bus like I was homeless you know I didn't have an alarm clock or anything like that how many times I missed the bus or not even that when I was at um, 16 I was 17 a security guard that I told you guys about um, there was like a shopping spree that comes with being like McKinney Venno that helps you with closing and stuff like that that was like a a big help that was actually one of the life-changing or one of those heart-changing experiences that I had to um, I didn't know that M- with McKinley-Venno, the schools get funding to be able to, to take you shopping and um, They had called me up to the office and they had told me that me and a couple other students were gonna go shopping for some clothes and stuff like that and that it would be paid for and I remember that security guard was actually the one that took us. So he took us and I was getting clothes I was getting clothes So I had got like a shirt for myself and then a pair of pants for myself But in between that pair uh, that shirt and that pair of pants. I was putting a whole bunch of kid clothes because I had a daughter at home, you know? So I was putting um, a bunch of little girl clothes in the middle of it and then when we get to the register, I remember um, trying to hide the kid clothes as much as I can in between th- that shirt and those pants just so that they wouldn't see that I was, I only got one pair of clothes for myself and the rest I wanted it for my daughter. That security guard scene, he caught on to it. I thought like, okay, like how embarrassing, you know, he's gonna make me put it back and make me go grab stuff for myself he didn't make me put it back he ended up taking out my daughter's clothes and paying for my daughter's clothes out of his pocket and then making me go back to actually get more clothes for myself and paying for that through the funding that was provided but that right there even like that detail made me like look at not only him but staff in a different way like to think that there is some staff out there that care that truly do want to help you and I don't know, it was like a touching moment for me where I was just like, you know what? Like, there, there is good people out there. Like, I had a lot of problems trusting people. I was so young and I had already endured a lot of pain and went through a lot of stuff that I just didn't know who I could trust. And it was like a moment like that, that it was just like, there is good people out there. There is people that want to help you. Like, just give everybody a chance, you know?
0: And with those words of wisdom, part one of our amazing conversation with Everlet comes to an end.
1: Listeners, if you like the first part of our interview with Evelette, you're going to love the second part. So please join us for next month for the conclusion of our talk with Evelette. Thanks for listening and see you next time.
0: And we out of here. Three, two,
1: one, go! Youth Voice Amplified is a youth led project of the Kern County Superintendent of Schools Office, created, produced and hosted by Janessa Fisher and Brian Johnson with writing, research, and additional production support by Kim Silva, Allison Baptiste, and the Kern Educational Television Network. Major funding for the Youth Voice Amplified podcast is provided by the Student Achievement and Support Division of the California Department of Education through the Homeless Innovative Program Grant. Thanks for listening.